Welcome to Around the Outside, the podcast with a full one fanatic with Chris Moss and Jake Peach. Thank you for stopping by and listening to the podcast. Don't forget, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a new episode. Also, don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Around the Outside podcast on Facebook and we're at ATO podcast underscore on Instagram. Well, welcome to our first episode of season two of Around the Outside. We're so excited for the new season and seeing all these new car launches has got us raring to go for the new season. Over the next few episodes, we'll be anticipating the pre-season and previewing what might be to come this year throughout 2022. But something we haven't looked at here yet on the podcast is arguably one of the most important aspects of the sport. Of course, we can't go racing without them, the circuits. So joining us this week as our guest on the podcast is son of the legendary F1 track designer Herman Tilker, racing driver, engineer and track designer of his own right, Dr. Carson Tilker. So our first episode of season two kicks off with Carson Tilker. So great to have you here, Carson. Thanks so much for, for coming on. I should say doctor, because you've got a doctorate. So Dr. Carson Tilker, um, we're both very grateful for you sparing some time to come and chat with us today. And how are you doing? Hi. Uh, first of all, yeah, th- thank you for, for having me. So good, good to be in your podcast. And um, yeah, we are, we are quite busy. We are uh, busy making uh, Jeddah ready for the second race. Uh, We have different projects in the US at the moment. We have uh, projects in in, in Europe, all over the world. So uh, yeah, uh, we are we are quite busy, uh, and uh, but that's that's good, I think. Also good for for the industry. A lot of new tracks coming, Mm. Um, not only for Formula One, also for, uh, let's say, smaller tracks, uh, Mm. club tracks and so on. and I know that you, of course, have been have been working, as you say, on Jeddah quite quite a lot, which we'll come on to, and we'll, we're going to talk about other circuits that, of course, the company's worked on because we know very much that your your father Herman's been instrumental in loads of tracks over the last couple of decades. And just firstly, what kind of, what has it been like working alongside your father and now kind of taking up this role uh, more as managing director at the company and, and leading the way alongside him? Must be must be pretty cool to to be doing what you're doing. Uh, yes, of course. It's a, it's a really really cool job uh, to be in it, and it's 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 all about passion. To be honest, uh, it's it's work, but it's it's hard work, and it's a lot of challenges. But it makes a lot of fun uh, to to be in this uh, niche and to have the opportunity to uh, to create uh, this this uh, amazing tracks. Um, to be honest, when I when I was young, my father always told me. Uh, I should do something different uh, because <laughs> he said it's so so stressful. And um, uh, but he said if if I want to, uh, he would of course love to uh, have me in the company. But mm-hmm. he suggested uh, me to do something else. Um, but uh, I was always uh, yeah also interested in engineering. I was more the mathematics guy than the language guy or something like that. So I was mm. uh, I was after school. I decided to to. Um, to study um, civil engineering, uh, and then I did also my, my PhD after that. Uh, and yeah, since I think eight eight years now, I'm in the company. Uh, first, I, I started with small projects. Uh, I did some ice tracks. I did some 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 smaller things. Uh, I was uh, a normal project manager in the company, and then after some years, I, I moved to the to the leadership uh, and working very close, of course, with my father. 
Um, he's, uh, of course, we don't have always the the same opinion on things, but it's really good to to uh, to discuss, to argue about it, and and he was really. Um, supporting me in all the things I wanted to change, for example, or I wanted to make different, and mm. um, it's really um, it was really helpful in that. Um, although sometimes we have different opinions, we always reached a mutual agreement on, on, on what to do. Mm. So um, no, it makes it makes a lot of fun also working with him and going with him together to to events. He has this really big network. Yeah, uh, understandably. In, in <laughs> And it's, this is, uh, I think, the, the, the hardest way is always to uh, also get get to be part of it because everyone knows him. Uh, mm, mm. A few people knew me. Now it's coming more and more because people realize that I'm uh, also behind this this uh, this bigger projects, uh, and uh, I'm also in the leading position of the company. But it takes time. It really takes time to yeah. to uh, yeah know all the people. I think the first. Two years I was with him uh, at the races. Everyone just thought I was just a visitor coming <laughs> fun at the races or something like that. And then at one point they they realized, oh, okay, he was also responsible and knew more details about the the Baku track and so mm-hmm. on. So it was, and then the other tracks. So so then on the working level, people realized that oh yeah, um, this is he's really uh, um, now the one who's uh, responsible for the tracks. And you talk about Baku there, I understand. Was that your first big F1 project with yes. alongside Herman? Yes, exactly. That was the first one I really uh, was involved from the beginning. I was there when we went there for the first time to have a look where the circuit should go to, where uh, mm-hmm. can we place the different, where's the paddock, where, where should the track go, uh, what is possible, what is not possible. I think I was there six seven times also along with with charlie whiting at that time we mm. uh, closed the streets at three in the uh, three o'clock at night to make <laughs> sure and then and, and place some cones to see how we can make it work because as you know it's really hard to make it work in the mm. in the center of the city uh where everything is restricted by the buildings and so on so um yeah this was my first really project formula one project let's say and what what were some of the biggest challenges of you sort of creating this this circuit? Because of course it's it's a UNESCO UNESCO World Heritage Site, um, and it's it's right on the on the scene, right near the coast. And a lot of the roads, have, as with all street circuits, have a lot of challenges with manhole covers and all of that, and a lot of logistics to think about. Take us through sort of the the process of of a, of a circuit, particularly Baku in this case, of kind of what the sort of steps you've got to think about going forward. Yeah. So first. What is the what is the goals when you create a track? Yeah, first you want to have, of course, you want to have a great racetrack for great racing. Mm. But on the other hand, you want to make a nice scenery, a nice atmosphere for the spectators, for the people at home. Uh, why is uh, Azerbaijan doing it? Because they want to show their city, they want to show the nice buildings they have, the nice old town. So we went there, and then we find uh, a nice place for the paddock because this is the most difficult one in the city: is to find a huge place for, mm. for the paddock, uh, for the pit building, the team buildings, medical center, media center, broadcast center, all this technical stuff which you need. It's a lot of uh, area you need, and in the middle of the city, really hard to find. Uh, and uh, we found a really nice place there, um, uh, directly um, on, onto the. Uh, coastline there and it was really nice and uh, from there you have to find a track which goes 
four and a half, maybe to six, six and a half kilometers mm. back and forth. So we had two different layouts at that time. One which going was going uh, to the old town uh, mm -hmm. and has these nice buildings and old town included. And the other one was the other direction, what was not so nice. Um, from the buildings, from the track itself, it was more like 90 degree corners everywhere. Yeah. Uh, but for sure, this would have been much, much more easier for us. Um, <laughs> it was, uh, we had this both tracks and the promoter and the city, they asked us which one is the track we should go. Mm. And um, I was sitting there with my father and we said, definitely we have to take the one which is going through the old town, which is much more exciting, much yeah. better. To be honest, for, for us, it causes so much more headaches and <laughs> challenges and more work and we don't get more more paid for it or something we have our yeah. contract we get the same so mm. um, if you commercially look at it we should have said yeah we take the easy one but <laughs> this is for us it's always about passion we want to create something really cool and we said no we have to we have to go the hard way and we have to make it happening um as it is now and then Charlie Whiting was there the first time and we walked the track and he said, oh, what is this? This this turn eight, maybe you, you mm. remember it goes up the castle. The castle, yeah. Seven meters between the uh, the house and the, and the wall. Yeah. And then it goes up and there were cobblestones at that area and on another area. And the first lady, which is responsible for the, for the city image, said, no, the cobblestones have to stay. So we said, okay, can we race over cobblestones? And then we said, okay, what can we do that we can, after the race, have again the cobblestones? So we, hmm. we um, uh, have, have our engineers here in-house and we were uh, thinking of what to do. And at the end, we made a system that we asphalted over the cobblestones, mm -hmm. but with a system that we can remove it afterwards again. So. Uh, because we we need to guarantee the first lady uh, and the president uh, <laughs> very that, important <laughs> yeah that, that afterwards after the race two weeks after the race everything is is like it was before so um, this is and we said yes yes it's easy we do it but we were not quite sure how to do it at that time but you know <laughs> we uh, we need to we need to make it happen and um, and also I think Charlie Whiting played a really important role in this uh, in this track because. This turn eight, but also turn 15, which has no real runoff in the right direction because the street goes in this direction, uh, the track goes in this direction. <laughs> if you go straight, you have a building which cannot yeah. be moved. So um, <laughs> this, is, this was the hardest thing actually to make it happen where we close the streets a lot of times. And But he, only, he, he really wants to have this track also and he really believed in it. And uh, he fight it for that in the FIA and, and make, it, uh, make it possible because mm. as you know, the FIA is the the ones who have to approve it, who is yeah. the one who approved the safety of everything. So, but he, um, with his help, we really uh, made it happen. And now turn eight, one of the most infamous corners in the sport, arguably, and has, has claimed many a crash and drivers don't know how to tackle it half the time. <laughs> yes, but, but at the end, it's not, it's not dangerous. It's not, not, not a fast corner. So it's really narrow. Uh, there was a lot of, yeah, incidents also, and then we have a lot of nice things in qualifying there. Where mm. I think Nelson mm. at one time missed it, and and then he had to start from the from from the back or something like this. So it's really, it's a cool corner. It's something different. It's mm. uh, it's only seven meters. Normally you have twelve meters at a racetrack. There we have only seven. So um, it's it's a challenge for everyone. But I think this is what we need in the sport. Is we need to have uh, different. Uh, 
yeah, varieties in tracks with different features in it. Uh, and this is a natural feature. This is nothing which we yeah, created. Absolutely. It's, it's there. We, we, we want to go around it and uh, mm. make it happen. And um, also there we invented uh, new things for, for making it as, as, as huge as possible. We only have this seven meters, but we cannot place mm. before it another block or anything. Then we have only six meters or something. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Um, yeah, it was a lot of challenge for, for, for us to make it happen. Um, and, but we're really happy that at the end, uh, I think it's, has produced a lot of good races. Uh, and, yeah, uh, and also people love to come to Baku. This is another point that first people don't know where they're going to and they think, oh, what is this? What is Azerbaijan like? Mm -hmm. What is Baku mm -hmm. like? And the first year, people were not quite sure about it. We knew it because we were there like a hundred times before because we did the mm. track two years. Uh, and um, it is an, it's a nice city and it's and now everyone likes it, likes to be there uh, and enjoy it. You mentioned Charlie Whiting quite a lot when describing Baku. How much of an influence does the race director have when you guys design track, when you, you know, do track walks and, you know, especially with Jeddah, obviously, making it in time for last season's race in Saudi and obviously coming again very shortly to where it's going to be finished. Does their influence change how you approach to make a track? Yeah, it's a, we, we need a very good collaboration uh, with them because at the end they have to approve it. They are responsible for the safety. Um, so um, the first layout and everything, um, in Jeddah was developed uh, by us in combination with Formula One. Uh, uh, in Baku was just developed uh, by us at that time. But then very at the very early stage, we need to engage with the FIA, with the race director, with Charlie Whiting or with Michael Massey. Uh, so we sit together with them, we explain them where are like the critical points which we see, which cannot be changed because of buildings, because of existing mosques in 22 or something like this there's some there's some some existing things especially in street circuits which need us to to discuss how we handle this uh, if it's an open field and we are free then of course you can go after the regulation and you do it as it's supposed to be and of course also there we discuss about it and sometimes they want more here and more there of course we want to challenge everything a little bit because mm -hmm. um we don't want to produce um unnecessary big runoffs or, or, or asphalt fields, which also there was a lot of criticism of um, yeah. in, in many years. But uh, this is why we, we, we try to find the most safe, but on the other hand, the most challenging and uh, thing, which is, which is difficult. But this is where we have the FIA as a counterpart who, who, who reviews our things and then we discuss it with them. In the street circuit, there are some points which cannot be changed. Uh, but then maybe the the track direction, the layout. Can we make the tr the the corner then a little bit slower because mm -hmm. the corner before we make slower, and then we and this is then where we have to discuss with them which, which is what is still acceptable for them. Uh, and then they have to approve it. If they don't approve it, there's no race. Um, so it's a really, especially in the street circuits, it's a really uh, close collaboration with them. And how does it compare to making a a purpose-built circuit, one away from the streets, one that's got its own dedicated land and it's a, purely from scratch uh, and, and sort of molding around buildings like Baku or the sort of infrastructure in Jeddah. What are the kind of different challenges that those two that, uh, bring? Because I know Austin was, of course, dedicated and has produced some equally great racing. 
yeah, it's a, so it's it's completely different. But only also if you have a piece of land, it's not that it's always like a white piece of land, a white mm. uh, piece of paper where you just start and do it because also there. But this is something which people don't see. You have a lot of restrictions. You have restrictions in. Um, Maybe there are some areas uh, which you should not touch because of permitting. Mm -hmm. Then you have some infrastructure maybe there already or coming from one direction. Then you have uh, topography or, or the shape of the, of, of the plot which you have. Mm -hmm. uh, if there's no topography, if it's a flat land, it's really hard to make it up and down. So we, we, we try to do it as much as possible because we like it. But if the criticism is uh, why is this uh, track so flat and it's not, <laughs> not interesting because it's going not up and down <laughs> if the land is like this you cannot produce it artificially yeah. or you can but it's so expensive at the one point that nobody will do it so if it has if the land is really cool and has the, the right ingredients it's it's it's, it's really uh, much more easier to to create an exciting track to 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 go with the flow of the la landscape and so on. If it's not there, uh, you have to you have to uh, work it. Uh, of course, there are some 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 tricks which you can do, but uh, it's it's then differently. But it's not that you start with with a white piece of paper and mm. and then what is also very interesting to 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 think about is that. Um, it's not only Formula One often which is going there. If it's a street circuit, it's usually mm -hmm. it's just Formula One. So you can make it really Formula One suitable, really. Uh, there are only professional drivers. It's really uh, the best drivers in the world going there. But if you have a track which is also uh, 300 days a year into in, in operation, mm -hmm. then you have to think about, ah, there are some private club uh, members who go there with their Ferraris or Porsche or Mercedes. Mm -hmm. and they don't want to hurt themselves. They don't want to make uh, scratches to their cars. So for, for example, gravel beds, I like gravel beds as a racer. And I think it's good for, for, um, for, uh, for having a limit in the corners and so on. Mm. But if you just look at the eyes from a, from an operator for normal days, or if you look from the eyes of the, this, this the private drivers who, who go and then with their new Ferrari are standing in the gravel bed and everything is, is, is damaged. This is, you, you always have to, to, to see it from different directions and what mm -hmm. is the purpose of the track. If it's just Formula One, it's cool. If it's just MotoGP, it's cool. If it's Formula One and MotoGP, it's difficult. Mm, if it's yeah. then also private and club and this, then, then, it, then it has to, it's it's a different purpose then and uh, people always many look just with one with yeah. one eye out of it uh, uh, and then uh, yeah it's it's different do you wish f1 fans are a bit more understanding then of, of kind of like the, the whole logistics of things because lots of fans will come into the sport casually uh, lots of people may have just only seen the Abu Dhabi race at the end of last season that's another story um, but you know like having these runoff services as you say for MotoGP if someone comes off a bike they're going to need a lot of space um, but they but then when people only watch Formula 1 and don't watch MotoGP a lot they say that it doesn't penalise a driver a lot you know too too much and they can just sort of drive, drive on and, and, and carry on but yeah you've kind of got to think of all of those things together do you wish fans were a bit more open-minded to that uh, to be honest um we i'm really hearing what what fans are saying and sometimes they have also um yeah um, some some valid points in it mm. but it's, it's it's normal that they don't see the whole picture uh it's mm. normal that that, that you look 
uh, with with your uh, yeah eye on it, and you see like ah oh, for Formula One it should be more this. Yeah, maybe they are right for Formula One it should be more this. But if you see it also for MotoGP and for this and this, then it's a then it's a different story. And uh, we have to be we have to create the best product for our clients uh, who who are building this. And um, if it means that they also need to earn money the rest of the year with other things, then we have to take this into account. And uh, we are there. We are we are we we explain our clients all the different advantages and, and disadvantages of different things. And at the end, they have to decide what they want to do and mm-hmm. when they, where they want to focus on. And if it's a compromise, uh, but at the end, the whole product is better for them. Then it's like that. If you could create your own dream circuit <laughs> anywhere in the world one where would you have it country-wise but two what aspects of maybe tracks you've already designed would you have implemented into your dream track you must get this question a lot <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, but but it's not um it's not an easy question and it's always for me is i don't really want to to just copy things from other tracks and say like, ah, oh, yes, I take this corner and this corner and this corner. For me, it's every, um, as I said, every different land plot is a, has a different, perfect, unique track, which, which, is, which, which, which suits to that uh, mm-hmm. land plot. For me, I really love it if it has extreme elevations, uh, that it goes really up and down uh, like a really hilly uh, land plot with some a lot of blind corners. Um, I really, really enjoy this. Um, and for me, I really, I prefer to have then probably for my track more like a, a fun driving track than a track for racing with overtaking. And so this is different spots. It can be a track which is perfect for driving, but it's difficult for overtaking. But mm. if it's just for fun, I would create a lot of, um, let's say, um, fast corner combinations, up and downs, a lot of extreme bankings. This is something where I really, what, what, what I really like to go a little bit more, more extreme on this. And and you were talking earlier about how you know since you've come on board alongside your father and worked together more closely on on projects that you've offered him a different opinion and you don't don't always agree but you essentially get there in the end. How do both of your philosophies differ, and how do they work together well to get to the end result? Uh, at the end, usually we are sometimes we start at different points, but we at the end coming. To a to a point where we both uh, both are happy happy with, um, it's difficult to say it's to 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 say now it's uh, to give you an example of it. It's it's in all all different kinds of uh, areas. Mm-hmm. When we look at first layouts, when we look at um, how we approach um, um, a strategy um, of, of doing things and so on. But at the end, it's uh, it's never that. We were so so far apart that that the other one was not convinced <laughs> after some point. With the new generation of cars, obviously this year cars are very different. They're you know longer, they're wider, they've got bigger tires. When obviously creating new tracks, obviously going into the future, does the concept of how the regulations for cars play into what you can handle with tracks as well, or is it a sort of cars car? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> To be honest, in my opinion, of course it will it will make a difference for the racing, for the 
for everything. But um, it will change. A track is not for one season or two seasons. A track is for uh, many, many, many years, and hopefully, uh, we'll see a lot of different regulations, the different changes. So it should not only work with this regulation, and the next regulation should not work. So, so I'm not really focusing too much on this. And to be honest, I don't know. We don't have the the data of the new cars. We don't. Mm-hmm. We 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 cannot work with it. But uh, since since some years now, we're working closely together with uh, Formula One, uh, with um, Craig Wilson, uh, with, who's who's the uh, track specialist from Formula One, uh, and he has all the data and he has a special simulation tool, and uh, so he is doing like this this simulation of the new um, cars and, and, and overtaking simulations and he's coming with the results to us and then we discuss it and then we modify the track at that point or that point. We are looking more at it as an, uh, yeah, yeah, a holistic approach and he's coming then with his, um, let's say, special knowledge of the new regulations and so on and comes and, and then we, we work very good together and find then some aspects where he says, ah, now can we do here a little bit more of this and this, and then we discuss it. And at the end, we find a way how we can uh, include it and, and, and make it uh, together. So yes, the new tracks are a little bit, uh, let's say, uh, with the new simulation developed, mm-hmm. but only more from the Formula One side than from, from, from our side. And of course, when drivers uh, first drive a track for the first time, like Jeddah, they said it was an absolute like roller coaster, like nothing they'd ever done before. You say that you work alongside Formula One as a company, but do drivers get any input on any kind of ideas that they might have sort of, for a circuit or going forward? Because I guess they kind of can't be included across the whole way. Is there any kind of input, say, that any drivers gave to Jeddah or previous circuits before? Is that something that doesn't really happen too much? Um Yes, it happened. Uh, it happened several times, but um, not in Jeddah. Jeddah was too too less time. Uh, yeah. When we got when we got over, it was really world record. When we were it's amazing got, turnaround. Yeah. Yeah, we got uh, awarded. Uh, it was in December, uh, and then until we started, I think we had uh, uh, ten months and construction only eight months, and it was mm. really it was it was so it has to be so fast so. If you want then to include different opinions of different drivers and they go and, and go into the simulator and so on, then it gets uh, it's a it's a good process maybe, but it takes time. And usually we don't have this time. And at that point in Jeddah, there was an initial layout from Formula One coming. We took this layout, we modified it, we had some ideas how to um, how to change it, and then we talked with Formula One, and it was like uh big discussion with them how we can change it uh, our ideas integrated their ideas and other simulations and then we decided this is the track and then we need to we need to run uh and we cannot stop so um, <laughs> no you couldn't definitely not <laughs> uh, it, was, it, was, it was really really hard uh for everyone and our whole team and everyone who was involved was really gave everything work day and night to make it happen and even i think Three weeks, three weeks before the race, we got a lot of calls, people asking us uh, if they still uh, should go to Jeddah or cancel their flights. So, uh, because the, the pictures look not so good at that time. Um, so, yeah, we. This is um, 
drivers to include? Yes, we did. I think um, if we ask my father, he would have, I don't know, several, um, several tracks where they talked about it. I think it, to, to Michael Shoemaker sometimes, uh, uh, because we, we knew him quite well, he, he, he gave some feedback. Um, mm. and, um, but also, I think uh, Sebastian Vettel and, and other drivers sometimes gave some feedback, and we included that. Uh, but in the in the latest ones, and especially in the street circuit ones, it's really hard. Mm. But of course, sometimes um, the feedback of the drivers when they drive it in the next years, especially when it comes to safety and so on, uh, layout will be included, so it will be changed then a little bit. Like we do now in in, in Jeddah, we will now um, try to um, yeah open up a little bit the track, so the sidelines are a little bit better. Um, mm. To, uh, to increase their safety. If something happens and the car is standing somewhere, mm. because the visibility was a little bit the problem, uh, which we figured out in the first race, um, not the track itself from safety-wise, but the, just to, to see if something happens and mm. care to, for, for reaction. Obviously, Formula One's becoming you know, ever more popular. We're going to more places than we've ever gone to before. Do you see us ever going back to, say, a continent like Africa? Um, and if so, where sort of would you expect a Grand Prix maybe to be held there? I would, I would love to go to Af Africa. Um, I think it's it's good to have in uh, in, in every uh, continent uh, uh, race. Um, I was in uh, in um, mm -hmm. and uh, I was there. It's a really it's a nice cool track. Maybe you need to modify it a bit. Um, but it's also it's sometimes they were in discussion uh, street circuit in Cape Town there were a lot of discussions uh, but to be honest I'm not in 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 that uh, I don't don't know how feasible it is or not and how far they are to reach an agreement or not mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't know I think it's, it would be a good idea to to, to go there but um, at the end it's not it's a lot of aspects. Uh, and um yeah yeah because there's a lot of logistics you have to go through the governments and then obviously you you know talk about the land and and all the conditions have got to be right isn't it so there's a lot to kind of, of balance up um, and talking of like different locations and, and going to different continents countries is there anywhere on your radar maybe personally in the company or sort of uh, that's being talked about going to in say the next five ten years to create a, a new track that's that's on your horizon I don't know. There's a lot of, uh, as always, a lot of uh, rumors uh, where Formula One will go to, uh, maybe in the next years. Um, and uh, Formula One, as you said, is so popular at the moment. So a lot of countries, a lot of places uh, want to have Formula One for sure because it's it's working. The people are coming. There's a lot of social media impacts. Uh, and I think it's for the for the countries itself. It makes sense. I uh, yeah would love to get involved, of course, in every track yeah. which is coming. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, let's see uh, what what comes. It, this is not in our sphere where we can influence it. Uh, if if a new track has signed, um, usually they. Uh, 
hopefully contact us because it's always this short amount of time. You have to do it in this time. You, yeah. to, you, cannot, you cannot finish one weekend later. Yeah? This is always when we, we talk to people and they have some, some projects in Germany here and there and, and they are delayed and so on. We said, yeah, we cannot, we cannot finish one weekend later because the mm. one is coming at that weekend, not the next weekend. It's coming on that. And if it's not happening, then and, it, and the track is not ready or it's not safe or uh, don't don't get the FIA homologation, then um, there's no race. Well, I think what is, was really a pity for us was that uh, Hanoi was not happening. Mm. Um, this was we put a lot of effort and our team was there. We have at that time I think we had 15 to 20 people from our office constantly in Hanoi working day and night to make it happen, and um, and then. Shortly before the race, it was cancelled because of COVID, and now it's uh, yeah, it's not 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 in the calendar anymore. So mm -hmm. we built really a complete new state of the art, really cool track, yeah, uh, really nice pit building, everything, um, and um, yeah, we'll probably or we we never know if we ever see a Formula One race there. So well, there are many circuits, of course, that we've they've been to and are not on the calendar uh, anymore. Valencia and Yeongam uh, in Korea as well. If you could pick one track personally that you'd like to see back, what would it what would it be? Forgoing all of the you know the things around the things to make it happen. I think there's a lot of interesting tracks which I would like to be uh, on it again. Uh, Malaysia, I, I really like. Uh, mm. It was the first, actually the first one which started our like international tracks. Mm. Uh, at that time, it was the first one where Bernie came to my father and said, hey, "Yeah, can you can you do the track? We need need to be finished in I don't know two years." And uh, it was the first first one where his strategy to 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 go to different countries and to expand Formula One um, was coming. And I still think it's a it's a good track, and it was it has some let's say for our company, it's like it's a, it's a very um, nice. Uh, Nice track as it was our first really international uh, bigger one, mm -hmm. but also also other tracks. I think layout wise, uh, the Korea track is also cool. Mm -hmm. um, you can argue about what happened around it because there was planned to make a whole. It should have been the whole development and so on, which was then not not really happening. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, but there's a lot of tracks which are yeah not not on the calendar yeah. anymore. But um, I guess too hard to say. <laughs> uh, who are you most excited for for the upcoming season i mean there's lots of you know drivers we've got alex Albon coming back the cars are being released as we speak i mean is there anyone you're like oh i like the look of that or he's looking good for this season i really like to see the hamilton uh, against russell uh um how how, how george russell is, is is really in comparison to to uh, lewis hamilton that will be very interesting um I also personally always look at uh, Lando Norris and uh, on the other hand, uh, Ricciardo, which I also uh, uh, like very much. So, so, so this fight is also um, interesting for me. And what, what the Ferraris are doing, they're with a new car. And mm -hmm. so doing, I think the cars are a little bit different now from, 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 from their philosophy and so on. So it will be interesting to see now nobody really knows what what they can expect so no. this is i think will be really really cool uh this season and if you had to put your money on one champion for this season if you can who would it be <laughs> i think 
for sure. I think uh, Lewis will have the Lewis and Max will have probably the best chances again. But you never know. This is this year. I think you never know. This year is like maybe some outsider is coming and they found something which nobody else found. Yeah. And then <laughs> we have we have this same season as uh, I don't know uh, Button uh, won that year. So. Uh, Oh. Uh, it's uh, it's been so great to have you on the podcast uh, Dr. Carsten Tilger thank you so much for your time on Around the Outside thank you very much it was a pleasure thanks truly fascinating to hear from Carson there all around his background and some of the story behind the Tilka family which has such a heritage in Formula One and the impact they've had on the sport throughout the last few years we really hope you enjoyed listening to our conversation we'll be back with our next episode analyzing the new cars and their designs breaking down each approach to the regulations we'll be joined by a special guest who's a current Formula One designer behind one of the most radical looks across the grid so far. Can you guess who that is? We have to wait and see. Uh, but one of the most beautiful designs, I think, so far. Um, and could be could be the fastest design, not something we've not seen with the side pods going on at the moment. Um, but don't forget, you can keep an eye out for any new episodes on our social media by searching Around the Outside. And you can listen back to our previous conversations whenever you want on your chosen podcast provider. We'll be back uh, after testing when most of the car launches are done. And as we say, breaking down all of those new designs and seeing who might come out on top for next year's Formula One season. It's been me, Jake Peach. And me, Chris Moss. We'll see you very soon. Take care.